Welcome to the Plus Six Podcast. My name is Pete, and I go by the name of AFL Writings Pete on Twitter. Joining me on episode 51 as co-host is a man you know on Twitter as JepDT. Welcome to the show, Jep. Hey, Pete. One week to go in the AFL season for 2020. No more important week to use our final trades of the season. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, we got to 17 rounds, or 18 rounds, I should say, and um, we got a season out of it, so... Well done to all the bosses there at the AFL for for doing their job and doing it well. And yeah, fantasy now it's um it's really just trying to ascertain the maximum score we can get and then t- and targeting the games where we think and the players that we think are going to go well. I cannot stress enough to use the rolling lockout and bench cover to your advantage this week. It could play a big part in jumping rank. Okay, speaking of rank, movement in rank will be a certainty if highly owned players do not play in round 18. But with the pre-finals ball may in for 2020, impact may, that impact may be low. But with day before team announcements and games all the way through until Monday, those opting to hold trades could take advantage of this jet. Yeah, look, and yeah, we consider the pre-finals buy, but... Um... There's been a heavy load on a lot of players um, in the condensed fixtures, so I'm still expecting the laid outs. And yeah, for sure, we've got to hold those trades or have bench cover or both, really. Um, and yeah, it's it's all about um, risk being risk averse and um, making sure we've got a plan in place. I would hold at least one trade for Monday night, maybe even two, but I would definitely be holding one trade for Monday night. Okay, make sure you're following at AFL Ratings on Twitter for updates to maintain a strong fantasy game. While your opponents are still trying to work through news information, you're in here crushing it. If you'd like a chance of scoring a plus six podcast cap, just retweet any podcast link that is sent out via Twitter. I'll give some details away on the podcast next week, and that will be a solo podcast as I review a few things in the 2020 season. This week on episode 51, Jeppa and I will talk about key players ahead of round 18, which begins on Thursday night. Keep in mind we're recording this podcast late on Tuesday night, September 15. Make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand. Remember, Jeppa and I are focused on overall rank in AFL fantasy. At times we'll have differing opinions. On to episode 51, Jeb. For the final round of the home and away season, I've ranked games in order in which the fantasy points could flow for certain teams and key targets. Okay, the potential for high ceiling games, I have one, two, three, four, five games. Now, the first game that I put at rank number one is Essendon versus Melbourne. I think Melbourne are in a good spot here against Essendon team, who obviously ran out of the finals race. And it's the end of the season for them, and they've been giving up plenty of fantasy points recently. So three players for me that could possibly put up a ceiling game this week, Jeb. Christian Petrarca, Clayton Oliver, and Max Gorn. The Demons must win, obviously, to keep their finals chances alive. They will be highly motivated. On Max Gorn, a ceiling game is right here for the taking. Your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you've, you've hit the nail every, on every head there. So... Personally, I think Gorn is the, the biggest point scorer of the lot, um, followed probably by Petrarca and Oliver. So, yeah, a lot of ticking boxes. have got Viney as an outside chance, of, <clears throat> but hasn't done well in recent weeks. So, yeah, look, Essendon are bleeding fantasy points to the opposition, and um, it's going to be a big game for sure. The game ranked number two, North Melbourne versus West Coast. It's for West Coast here. 
First game of the round, there were no guarantees. The Eagles are still alive for a top four chance, remote as it is. They'll be wholly engaged in this game. Expect a fair bit of defensive sideways movement if they're in front late. Plays for me to take interest of here, especially with the ceiling games. Definitely Andrew Gaff, Tim Kelly, as we found out last week. Eagles defenders, late late defensive switches. Todd Goldstein, there's one here on the opposing team here. 57.5 average from his last four. So I think it's time to get out of there. And Jai Simpkin as well. I would probably move on for him if coaches can do that as well. Jet, your thoughts? Yeah, North Melbourne struggling to get to the finish line in terms of fit players. And, um, yeah, look, St Kilda didn't tag Gaff and Kelly last week and they went berserk. So... Um, knowing North Melbourne, in re- they haven't tagged for, for the better part of the season and that won't happen again this week. So, yeah, Gaff, Kelly, big ticks. Defenders, if we're, if we're needing one, I still like Duggan. Um, it looks like a lot of West Coast mids will still be out and he played midfield last week as well. Yep. Okay, on to Sydney versus Geelong. It's Geelong here. Obviously, the Cats needing to win to hold their top four chances, and we know they have been playing tempo footy for quite a period of time. Uh, if they're in front late, expect tempo footy to come in. Dangerfield, Duncan, Menegola, and Stewart in play for me right here. Jeff, your thoughts? Yeah, Menegola's obviously got a big ceiling, and he's the one I like the most out of that lot. Um, it's nice, firstly, as well, to, to have, um, you know, Geelong still playing for a top four spot. Otherwise, we'd probably expect some rest from, mm. you know, Dangerfield's probably the one as well. So, yeah, um, plenty of plenty of high scores, even with Sydney. And um, Sydney will like the contest game. Remember that. It'll be in and tight, where Geelong will like to control the ball. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out with Sydney being competitive in the last couple of weeks. Brisbane versus Carlton, the next game in order of rank of fantasy points, which could flow this week. It's Brisbane here for me. Carlton obviously out of the finals race now. The floor could absolutely fall out of them this week. So definitely Lockie Neal, even a captain option there. Zorko, if you don't have him, uh, definitely potential. Jared Lyons in there as well. Onto the Carlton side of things. Cade Simpson, final game of his career. I expect Carlton to, to put that ball into his hands every at every opportunity. So there's one definitely, uh, not only for sentimental value, but actually he can put up a ceiling. As we know, over his career, he does have one, and especially with no Sam Doherty this week. So there's potential there for Kate Simpson to see plenty of the ball. And obviously Sam Walsh, uh, fantasy coaches definitely have noticed his scores recently. He's averaged 98.3 points from his last four games, and that's with his centre bounce attendances increasing. Your thoughts, Jeff? Yeah, I think um, firstly, Neil and Zorko want to back, bounce back from their poor performances last week and get in a real groove into finals. You know, we, we, we've we spoken, both of us, about teams peaking at the right time of the season. And, you know, Brisbane, although they've kept found a way to win, um, their star's not always um, been convincing. So I expect big games from those two. And then Jared Lyons is probably arguably one of the most consistent AFL fantasy players this season as a midfielder and very underrated. Um, and then, yeah, love Walsh as a probably a cheaper option and an outside chance. Hawthorne versus Gold Coast, next game in order of rank. Now, this could actually flow either way. Uh, Gold Coast, obviously, well, the Hawks actually have been giving up plenty of disposal numbers in recent weeks, and Gold Coast actually could take advantage of that. There's not too many players in there that I would like 
to put trust in scoring a fancy ceiling game this week. So I'm just going to mention Greenwood and Miller. On the other side, uh, Mitchell could put up a ceiling game, as we know, but he's wholly owned. Damien Greaves, it's one still for downgrade in your defensive position, and you can stick him on the bench, and if he scores quite highly, you can use his score. And Chad Wingard, not sure if I trust him enough to put him in. However, we do know he does have a ceiling, and if he's on, uh, he can put one up, but there's certainly no guarantees there, Jep. No, definitely not from Wingard. But um, just from the two teams' point of view, they're looking to finish off the season, both of them well, and build already for next year, especially the Gold Coast. So I expect Gold Coast to come out pretty hard and, and win the game. And I think to do that, they'll have a big um, stanza from their mid, mids, being Greenwood Miller, like you mentioned, and even David Swallow, um, who had a bit of a, a couple of weeks of peak form um, and has dropped off, but he could be another left-field option that's pretty cheap. As I said last week with the Hawks and the Bulldogs, and the Bulldogs have a massive chance to put up high numbers, which they did. The Hawks, again, are conceding plenty of disposal numbers and they could play it this week for the Suns as well. Okay, these games are going to rank and pretty much competitive type games between two teams with finals on the line and obviously form as well. So Collingwood and Port Adelaide at the Gabba. The Magpies have qualified for finals, finally and likely need to win to avoid an Eagles home game in Week 1 of Finals. Port Adelaide may need to win to, to secure a top spot on the ladder. There are scenarios here where the Magpies will already know their Week 1 Finals opponent. Therefore, how will their motivation go if that is known already? Uh, this game actually may be irrelevant to them. The goal for the Magpies is to get healthy in the next two weeks. It may not necessarily for them to be invested in this game. So I'm just going to run through a few players here. Tom Rockley, if we know he has a ceiling. Travis Boak, Dan Houston, obviously has found some form playing out of defence for the power. Brody Grundy, I would consider having Darcy Cameron as your ruck emergency for the final game of the season. If not, hold that trade potentially for Brody Grundy. Adam Trelaw, he was on limited minutes on Monday night round 17. I expect him to be on limited minutes again against Port Adelaide, regardless of the result that the Magpies need. Taylor Adams hurt his wrist and forearm, so there might be one player you might want to switch off. And Jack Crisp, although he started slowly on Monday night, he got there as well, and he has been in form recently. Your thoughts, Jep? Yeah, so Port Adelaide would want to have the uh, the minor premiership, in my opinion, knowing Ken Hinckley and how he's got his team geared. And then, yeah, Collingwood's obviously goal is to avoid coming to Western Australia to play that first final. So um, you're right; it's gonna it's the last game of the round, and we're gonna we're gonna need to probably save a trade, very likely, just on a just in case factor. Um, but yeah, all those players you mentioned definitely the the usual suspects. I think yeah, at, with Adams anything can happen there. And then look, Rocky, she was he um, he turned on last week, and um, yeah, I, I can't see him slowing down. Like I said, they, all the players in finals want to be playing in peak form um, and peaking at the right time to to go in week one. So yeah, Rocky Boak will, will definitely pay dividends if you trade him in. Ken Hinckley, Port Adelaide coach, and their assistant coaches have said the same thing for weeks and weeks this season. 
they're going to play highly motivated football and be engaged in every single game. And they said it again after the game in round 17. So regardless of whether Port Adelaide needs to win to finish on top, I think they will be highly engaged, uh, which is good for Rockcliffe, Boak and Houston for all those guys. So they're definitely options for me. Okay, on to St Kilda and GWS here. It's an interesting one. This is ranked two for the competitive game. The Saints just might have to manage their margin here while the Giants need to win and potentially win by a stack and hope other results go their way to play finals. So uh, the Giants could fall off or the Saints just might want to hold them off for margin to qualify for finals. A couple of players here, uh, St Kilda for Jack Steele and on the Giants side, Josh Kelly, Lockie Whitfield, although there's potentially that he may receive some attention in a halfback role. And Stephen Cornelio, who knows where he's going to play, whether it's going to be in the game or not. So your thoughts there, Jep? Yeah, I think St Kilda definitely want to bounce back strong after their disappointing loss last week or last round. Um, and GWS, wow, yeah, they, um, they've just got to win and win, like you said, by quite a bit. So they'll... Still play their brand, possession football. Kelly Whitfield definitely um, going to get a stack of it, especially if St Kilda don't tag again. Um, and then Cornelio, does he come back in? That's an interesting one. Um, you know, I think both you and I are both still flabbergasted why he was dropped in the first place like many of the footy community. So, um, yeah, a bit going on here. It looks like the spirit's broken at the Giants. Um, yep. And St Kilda need to really make a stamp and and get in back in winning form before finals. So I think Steele goes big. Um, I think also Billings, who hasn't done much for most of the second half of the season as well. You know, Giants aren't going to pay too much attention to him, and I think he's a, he's a chance as well to, to go go large. Yep, outside selection right there. Okay, and the third game, a competitive top game, we did speak pre-podcast, and you were surprised that I ranked this game so lowly. So this is, this is ranked number eight for me for round 18, Fremantle and the Western Bulldogs. And more specifically, we're talking about Western Bulldogs and their highly owned players of Bontempelli and Dunkley coming into some ownership now, McRae and Hunter there as well. I think this is a red flag game. The Dockers have been really strong lately. This definitely won't be a pushover for the Bulldogs. Fremantle have conceded 261 disposals from their last three games, Jep, and that is ranked number one in the AFL. So players we're going to discuss right here are Marcus Bontepelli, Jack McRae, Josh Dunkley, Lockie Hunter. Your thoughts on those? And the one that's going to be seeing an increase in ownership this week is Caleb Daniel. And again, for me, for the Bulldogs for this game, uh, Fremantle do like to hold on to the ball. We've known that this this year for quite a long period of time. Therefore, the Bulldogs aren't going to have see their high possession games come into play, I wouldn't think. And for me, I'm downgrading all the Bulldogs this week. And on the opposing side, and that's Fremantle, we're just going to look at one player here. It's Blake Akers. He's averaged 94.6 points from his last three games. He's scored 90... He scored 79 points at Kazadley Stadium in round 16, and he's averaged 102.5 points from his two games at Metricon Stadium. So there's only a small sample size there. He's gone up to nearly just under 600k there in the AFL Fantasy. It's uh, still an option there, and I think it'll be part of the Fremantle's gameplay again in round 18. But for me, the major topic there for me is I'm downgrading the Bulldogs in this game. Jep, your thoughts? Yeah, look, it's a surprise and it's a calculated, um, a calculated trade and move, and I and I understand it. We we got Fremantle who play keepies off, um, like Geelong can do sometimes, as do West Coast as well. So 
Um, they're playing possession footy and, and the science is there. So Bont, um, Dunkley, McRae, I still think Hunter gets a lot of it. Um, but Kazali Stadium, as long as it's not slippery and, and greasy conditions and there's going to be a whole bunch of tackles, if there there is, then you look at Dunkley and then that's where you sort of don't look at someone like Akers because he relies on the kick mark game as well. So just keep that in mind. Um, weather and, and conditions could play a part. Um, but, yeah, big move, Pete, and um, a calculated one and, and, you know, you've got the science behind it. Yeah, for me, I'm, I'm, like, I'm not trading out Jack McRae just because of this and Bontepelli just because of this as well. It's just that if you don't have them, I wouldn't actually be trading them in. That's my thought. Uh, definitely, yes, where there has been an issue up in Cairns at Kazali Stadium. Uh, there are no really red flags for weather this week, although there's a little bit of rain on the radar, but not too much impact. I wouldn't have thought so. Okay, on to the final game of round 18 we're going to look at is Adelaide and Richmond. Quite interestingly here, Adelaide have won three games in a row, but come up against a well-structured team. The Crows have averaged 320.6 disposals from their last three games, and that is ranked 5, Jep. So they were seeing an increase in disposals where early part of the season they were very, very poor. We know the Tigers aren't restrictive against opposition mids. Might be time to target Matt Crouch, Brad Crouch, Rory Laird. I think Rolly O'Brien should have a good day out against Toby Nan Curvis. On the opposing side, Dustin Martin, he should be in play. Obviously, the Tigers needing to win this game to remain in the top four. And Basher Holy Jeb, he's scored fewer than 60 points in three of his re- four games that he's returned, and that is a bit of a surprise for me. Your thoughts on all of those? Yeah, big surprise with Hawley. Um, that's that's burned me personally, and I think yourself as well. So, oh, look, you got to go on, on recent weeks, so I can't see... Hawley, Hawley doing too much, so yeah, stay away there. Dusty, damn straight, he's going to turn it on, um, but from Adelaide's point of view, again, they're getting a lot of it, like you said, mm-hmm. and the ones I like are Laird, like he has yep. done for the majority of the season, and then don't forget Brad Crouch is playing for a new contract, so he's shopping himself around, and he last and lasting impression, sorry, is, um, is a beautiful thing, so don't um, be surprised if he goes gangbusters. Okay, on to some ownership numbers here from round 17, the top 25 ranked coaches on field. Uh, there was some movement here all over the ground. Okay, we'll look at the defenders first. Uh, we go with uh, Lloyd at 96%, Laird at 84%, Stewart at 80%, Crisp at 80%, Doherty unfortunately 64%. With his injury, Haynes at 44%, Hawley at 40% and his low scores, Zach Williams at 32%. Brody Smith at 12% and Maynard at 12%. Jep, your thoughts on any of those? Yeah, look, I think Doherty, there's got to be a plan there <clears throat> and um, getting rid of him and how that sort of panned out. Um, but looking just initially, let's. Bef- I'm just going to jump a bit with the rank. There's less than 100 points separating first and third, so... Mm. Like, like we mentioned before, holding those trades, gee whiz, talk about a sleepless long, and it's an extended round too, Thursday to Monday. So, right. um, yeah, there's a lot of nervous uh, nervous coaches out there. But, look, like we, we mentioned before, um, it's just picking the players. Like, Laird's really a required player. He's not going to get tagged by Richmond. And just making sure that um, these this top 25 of ownership, you know, the, the, the coaches vying for over rank 
use their noggin and don't sort of go away from what they've done all year and, and go on with um, the players performing and, and the roles that they're in. Look at some midfielders here now. Mitchell at 100%, Neil at 84%, McRae 84%, Taylor Adams 64%, Gaff at 56%, Taranto, interesting, at 56%, Duncan 44%, Rockliffe, we predicted ownership last week on the podcast. He jumped 28% out now to 44%. Dangerfield at 32%. Oliver could be the one. That game was ranked for Essendon Melbourne as number one for me. Potential that fantasy points could flow. He's at 24%. Merritt at 20% in the same game. Still at 20%. Cripps at 16%. Dunkley at 16%. Brad Crouch, interesting one, 16%. Josh Kelly, 16%. And Blake Akers, 16%. He's got some ownership in that forward line. Jep, your thoughts? Yeah, so that, there's a, quite a few with Adams. And that's the last game of the round. So, oh, what do we do there? There's, there's a bit of an injury cloud over him. Um, so that's interesting. But look, a, a lot of the others make you know make perfect sense on selection and and how they performed. Um, not much love for Menengola, um, which surprises me um, as again as an, sort of an outside pick. Um, but you know those chasing the the pack, the lead, will, will definitely go left field this week. Yeah, for me the one there is Oliver. I would probably target uh, again Rockliffe. I'd probably go again against Collingwood. We know they don't really like to tag and, and the power should be able to get the result done against them on Monday night. You would think to maintain top spot. So Rocky again, Boat there as well. I'd potentially look at him. He's only 4% owned. I'm not too sure how contested that game will be on Monday night, but there's another one that could put up a score. And the one to get away from, Mitchell, I think he should be okay. Neil should be ceiling game for me. McRae, I'll mention the Bulldogs. Gaff should be in line there, so there's one there. Okay, onto the Rucks jet. Uh, heavily owned, Brody Grundy. He's at 96% owned, so that's 24 out of 25 coaches. And the number one ranked team does not have Brody Grundy, which is interesting. And then we go Very. to then we go to Riley O'Brien at 72%. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, dual ownership between Grundy and O'Brien. There, Gorn still at 16%. He's the one to get on for this week, especially up against Draper or even Phillips. He's the one to get in there. Again, Melbourne are highly motivated to win that game, so I expect a massive performance from their captain. Uh, Goldstein is the one who's been underperforming and owned by the number one ranked team, so you would imagine Goldstein is the one trade there for that team. He's at 12% and Draper at 4%. Your thoughts on just those few Ruckman chips? Yeah, so Grundy again, If um, depending on how Conley would pan out, that's the last game of the round, so there's got to be a few sweaty palms on that one. Um, but yeah, look, Gorn, like you said, there's just no doubt he's um, he's got to be the acquired target if possible, if he's in reach. Okay, on to the forwards. Petrarca, 100%. Whitfield, 96% in the forward line, 100% total. Greenwood, 80% in the forward line. And just a little bit more in that midfield there. So he's still highly owned. Andrew Bracewell at 72%. Bailey Smith, 56%. We've got Zorko there at 52% and 56% total. Dusty Martin at 36%. Akers at 36% in the forward line, 52% total. Simpkins at 32%. I'd pretty much make that trade and get away from him right now. 
especially against the Eagles there this week. And Toby Green, a little bit of ownership there, 16%. And Wingard, 12%, 16% total. Your thoughts, Jip? Yeah, definitely got to offload Simpkin. But um, look, percentages, they're all pretty pretty uh, stock standard and have been solid for probably most of the season um, with the most consistent performers coming from the forward line. Well, Jeff, that's season one in the books for you and I. And I will return next week for a solo podcast. Again, just to run over a few numbers from the season from certain players and a couple of other things. And then uh, we'll get back into action at some stage in the pre-season. But uh, final words on the season for you, Jeff? Oh, just thanks, everyone. Thanks for the listeners. It's, um, you know, both Pete and I love fantasy footy. Um, it's our number one hobby in life. And, um, yeah, we, um, we'll be back bigger and better next year. Okay, we're looking at episode 52 next week, and we'll get some hats. I'll give you some details on the hats there as well. So until then, uh, take care, everyone, and we'll speak to you next week. Jep, that's it. Thanks for the season, and uh, we'll speak again soon. Thanks, everyone.